Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Oh, we're back again. You didn't expect to hear my voice, but I'm back. I'm your host, Mike Blue. It's Weekend Fantasy Update, along with George Kurtz. Uh, back again. We did uh, three hours yesterday. We'll do three hours again today. So thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can hear us on uh, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, a variety of other places where you can listen to uh, this live and uh, in archive fashion and uh, podcast form. So happy to get it going. We're going to talk a lot of football today, but uh, as per usual at this time of year, we'll kick it off with some baseball, uh, some goings on yesterday. We didn't really talk much about it yesterday because I think you, I was just sort of surprised to learn that Pujols had never gone back to St. Louis. Obviously, he's been getting standing ovations the last couple of night, uh, last couple of days, and yesterday he does it in dramatic fashion by hitting a home run. So nice to see that from Albert Pujols in St. Louis. It was, it was a, uh, it was a special occasion there, right? Uh, Pujols, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, uh, a living legend, one might say, uh, and hit the home run. And I think it was, it made it easy for the St. Louis fans the home run, the fact that it, the home run meant nothing. It was in a 4 nothing game. He hits a home run. Who cares? Made it 4-1. They were still going to win the game. So to, to give him the standing O was and a curtain call. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was. Uh, good for Pujols. Good for the fans there. And we'll see how things turn out. But maybe more importantly, the fantasy owners in that game, you know, something you and I were talking about yesterday for a little bit, uh, as far as closures are concerned, Mr. Hicks. Who I have, Mr. Hicks, Mike, in a couple of leagues, and I got to tell you, a couple. I'm, I'm the game's on, Mike. You know, but I'm not watching. It's just on. You know, I think I'm on the computer, whatever I'm doing here, and I look up, I see somebody coming off the trainer, and I keep thinking, I'm going to my head. This better not be Hicks. Yeah, I didn't see who it was. I just saw somebody coming off, and I couldn't see the name on the back yet. I'm like, this better not be Hicks. And sure enough, one out from a save, it was Hicks. Elbow tendonitis. Uh, have more tests today. I imagine he's going on the IL. We're not going to see him until after the All Star break, but. Uh, I was not all that happy, Mike. Yeah, uh, I saw somebody else, uh, our old friend Matt Medica, was tweeting about that live when it was going on. But he's 14 saves uh, to this point. But as George said, he comes out with one out to go. Clearly something was significantly wrong for him to have to leave the game with one out to go. And Webb picks up the save. So uh, would, for those Jordan Hicks owners that are going to lose him for an undetermined amount of time, would you race to be picking up? Uh, Tyler Webb, is he going to be the guy that would slot in as the presumptive closer? Unlikely. I think Webb was just the next guy up who was available uh, Got it. in the game yesterday. Uh, they said earlier in the week uh, that they did not see Mr. Martinez, it's Carlos Martinez, that they do not, did not see him going in the starting role. Uh, that means he's going to stay in the bullpen. He already stole a save from uh, Hicks, I believe, I want to say last Sunday night. You know, it could have been Monday. But uh, he stole a save, pitched an inning in the third. They, they they do want to use him for more than just one inning, but he was very yeah. good in the role last year. He was good in the, in the closing role last year. He, he's not a starter. His body can't handle it. He's better in the bullpen. The question is, is he better as a one-inning guy or as, you know, sort of that hater guy, batons, this guy can go five outs, six outs, seven outs if necessary. Uh, and give you that that kind of length. So will he be the true closer or just the other guy when available? Yes, but there may be times you're using for more. And what I mean by that, if you if you use him for five outs, that means, well, the next day he may not be able to close. You know, he may need a day of rest, that sort right. of thing. Yeah, but I, if I was hedging, I would uh, bet on Carlos Martinez. The good news is, you know, you got your fab tonight. I think we'll have a, a clearer version of what's going to happen by the end of today. We don't know right now. They haven't. Uh, Mike Schilt, the manager, hasn't said anything, so we're still waiting here. But if I if I had the bet right now, I'd go Carlos Martinez. But I think we'll know more information by the time Fab runs tonight. 
So what's interesting about this to me is that one of the notes I made before yesterday's show, we just never really got to it, was about the St. Louis bullpen. I heard Dan Plesak talking on MLB on Friday night about he still thinks that St. Louis has a chance to compete long-term this season because of the depth of their bullpen. You mentioned Carlos Martinez, who can throw multiple high-leverage innings. Andrew Miller is a guy that's obviously been used in that capacity before. So would you concur with his conclusion? It is now, by the way, it's now sort of blown up with the injury yesterday to Hicks. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it's a 10-day thing, but elbow tendonitis doesn't sound good to me. Um, I guess maybe that theory is conceivably blown up, but at least they do have depth in the bullpen to perhaps weather this storm. Yeah, uh, I don't think it'll be a ten-day thing only because the uh, all-star breaks right there, so you got an automatic sure. built-in for four days extra. So you, know, you, you do the math right now. With ten days puts you back about July third, July second, somewhere around there. Why not just use those days? Keep him out a couple of extra days. Yes, yeah. he, he would uh, miss. He comes back on July third. He could, he could play three, four more games. But why? If you, if you have any doubts, and assuming he can't come back right away, the first day eligible. Why? Why would you just keep him out that weekend? Give him the extra four days. You can give him another week and only lose three games out of it. So I assume he'll be out uh, for closer to three weeks. Assuming it is just tendonitis and they can calm it down. Could be wrong. Could be back right away. Maybe he'll, be, maybe he'll feel great by Thursday and they'll realize, okay, he'll be back first day. We don't know. I do expect him to end up on the IL, though. Generally, you're not going to go without a pitcher. Tendonitis means you're out minimum. Even if things go perfectly around a minimum a week, I would think. So I think he is hitting the IL. As for the Cardinals' bullpen, uh, Andrew Miller hasn't pitched all that well. You know, I don't think he's really in consideration here for any kind of uh, saving role. Uh, I don't think so. There could be, uh, once again, an opportunity where the opposing team has three left-handers or two left-handers coming up in the ninth inning. Miller hasn't been used earlier in the game. Sure, that I could see him. But for him to actually be named a, a, cl- a closer or a co-closer, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's the name everybody knows, and I think there'd be a mistake to grab him tonight. Listen, you want to grab him for a buck? Just on the off chance, you need every save. Everybody need, you know, every save is valuable. Fine, but his ERA is four point one five, WHIP's one point three five. He's just not pitching very well. Yeah, he's not. He's still striking out more than about a batter in anything. He's still got good stuff. I guess, I'm guessing it's his placement more than anything else. But he's not quite the same player he used to be. Or maybe he is, because you know, if you look at his numbers from last year, Mike, they're the same. Last year's ERA is four point two four, WHIP one point three eight. Very similar to what it is now. So yeah. maybe he, that maybe this is what he is now. At how old is he now? Uh, he's thirty four years old. Maybe that's what he is. Yeah, uh, G- Giovanni Gallegos has pitched well out of their bullpen, but probably, as you said, not in consideration for a saving role. Just really speaks more to the depth of their bullpen. It, you know, I, I can't say we've mentioned him. I've mentioned him once on the show all year, but Dakota Hudson uh, gets the win yesterday. He's six and three with a three point three six ERA. George, the WHIP is pretty high, but. He's been getting some wins, and the ERA is down. So he's actually been a, a contributor for fantasy teams this year. Uh, Hudson is the definition of a player. You know, you don't really look at the numbers. You look at season season long numbers can just lie to you, especially for a pitcher. Yeah. The guy's had I think nine straight quality starts now. All right, he's someone you want. He's only getting better. He struggled a little bit earlier on. That's why that's why the numbers, the season long numbers, don't look so hot. But he's pitching well now. I've got him in a few leagues. Uh, somebody who I wanted from uh, the get go here. Guy was able to get him cheap in drafts, uh, whether it was auction or snake drafts. And he's only getting better. Uh, even though those numbers are twenty four too. He's uh, he's gonna, he's going to be fine. I do worry somewhat long season. You know, uh, how does he handle it? He only threw 140 innings last year, so you go with the 48 inning thing, 180. That should get you through most of the year, assuming they might bounce him from a start here or there. Maybe they protect him around the all-star break and skip a start there. We've seen teams do that to sort of watch the innings limit thing. But uh, I think he's going to be fine. Yes, the 1.47 whip is still concerning. He does have 37 walks and 85 innings pitched, pretty much one almost every other inning. That's 3-4 a game. That's too much. He's got to get that under control here. But I'm also not surprised with the young pitcher. Once again, I expect him to get better. I'd like the strikeouts to be a little bit more, you know, 60 and 85, not quite what I'd like it there. But then again, he's not an ace. You know, he's not an SP1, SP2, SP3 fantasy player, but he's a nice SP4 for you. Yeah, and he's first-round draft pick just three years ago for the Cardinals, 24 years old, out of Mississippi State. Uh, he just made his debut. He's not even been in the big leagues for a year yet. Uh, he made his debut about 11 months ago. So uh, good to see him contributing uh, for all of you out there. Marcelo Ozuna went deep last night. 
I have him on my team that I play with here uh, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, his 20th homer. So Ozuna is certainly getting you the power that you wanted coming into the year. He's getting 260 OPS, 848, but his 20th homer and homer for two games in a row. Does every Miami Miami Marlins fan just like cringe every time? Like, I would be. I, I couldn't be a fan uh, of them anymore after they did that. From by the way, so Stanton has a big game. Yelich is leading the league in homers. Ozuna, his twentieth homer. That was the outfield. That is a ridiculously great outfield, and they got rid of all of them for very little in return. Yeah. I mean, they probably got the best return for Azuna, actually. They got Alcantara, who's actually uh, looks like he's right. turning it around to being uh, the pitcher they thought he was going to be. Uh, they got, what, very little for Yelich, Lewis Brinson, who's right now been a huge bust. All right, Stanton, we all know, was a salary dump. Uh, so no really sure. shock. Although they, they got some interesting pieces, but it, it was mainly a salary dump there. Uh, and then the trade, of course, they made this year, Realmuto. Uh, we'll see how uh, that turns out. Alfaro's had an okay season right now. He's on the concussion IL. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you had the players. Yeah, I understand Jose Fernandez, uh, him uh, dying in the, in the boating accident, really threw that organization into a tizzy. But uh, you think about it. I mean, you had Stanton, Yelich, Realmuto, Ozuna, Fernandez. It seems like getting the players hasn't been a problem. Keeping them has. You right. know, uh, but getting them hasn't been an issue here. I, that's not all on Derek Jeter. I understand Laurie was a big part of that problem as well, the former owner there. But, uh, I mean, you traded away a player who maybe. <laughs> They're one of the best, better players in the game uh, in this century in Yelich. I mean, and you got nothing right. in return. I mean, maybe Princeton turns out to be something, but it certainly ain't uh, trending that way. And, uh, boy, it, uh, you said it. I don't know how you just, I don't know how you can be a Miami Mullen fan right now. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. Like, as somebody that's been loyal to the teams that he rooted for since he was a little kid, <clears throat> if I were put in that scenario, I think I would just have to – punt and just move on to another organization the owner really screwed over the fan base multiple times he screwed over the city by getting that stadium built for him and then dismantling the entire team i think he's hated by a lot of people down in miami and you can understand not rooting for it maybe the ownership change uh, reinvigorates you I don't know that you can have a ton of confidence in the plan at the moment, but you understood that they were stripping it down to the studs and, and trying to build it back up. It's just uh, it's excruciating to see how good the three players are that we mentioned in the outfield alone. Um, uh, you mentioned Real Muto as well. So I just don't think I could do it. Um, on the other side of things, uh, Tommy LaStella, he's one for four, hitting 295. I, I heard them kicking around his name the other night in terms of being an all-star. I don't know that that was the expectation for Tommy LaStella going into this season. <laughs> I think it's uh, safe to say no, it yeah. was not the expectation. I'm not going to go on a limb here and yeah. say uh, no. I don't think anybody saw that happening. And if you did, I want to see this in writing somewhere or some proof where someone too. said, oh, yeah, Listel is going to be an all-star this year. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if his family members thought he'd be an all-star this year. So, uh, listen, he's had a fantastic season. Maybe he'll yeah. be an all-star. Maybe he won't. Uh, I'm not, uh, I don't really worry about such things there. Uh, I yes. think it'd be, it might be tough because we know Trout's going. And do the Angels really deserve more than one representative? Mm, I don't know, Paul. If they should have more than one, we'll see. Uh, and I wonder. I don't, well, I, wonder because... I don't believe that everybody should have one anyway. But that's, nope. That's oh, don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started, Mike. Because I'm right there with you. You can't call it an All-Star game. You can't call it an All-Star game if every team has to be represented. Then it's not an All-Star game. Either you are an All-Star or you're not an All-Star. There's nothing in between here. It's a okay, showcase. So, it's not an all Exactly. You want to call it the Midsummer Classic, which is uh, another name for it. That's fine. Then call it that. But don't call it an All-Star game if uh, if every team has to be represented. I have all sorts of issues with the All-Star game, you know, especially when it mattered. Yeah, because I, I was sort of I, I didn't have much of a problem with it when it mattered. But then once again, you got to get rid of the uh, the lone representation. That's stupid. I want to see Mike Trout back in the ninth inning because if it matters, shouldn't the best players be playing in the ninth inning like they used to do? I, but now we got to get everybody in the game. That's Once again, that's idiotic. I want to see Trout bat, you know, against Justin Verlander or whoever it might be in the ninth inning. You know, against Clayton Kershaw in the ninth inning because that's when the game matters. That's when the game's on the line. Or should we have the best players playing in that case? Not where they just try, they're gone for three innings. Mike Trout's already on a plane somewhere by the time the game's over. Yeah. You know, playing to you know, Aruba, wherever the hell he's going for a break. So, I don't know. The Olsen games always, always bothered me. I'm sure he's flying private. He's, he's got cash now. 
he's got enough cash to do it now. I mean, he had enough cash before. Now he's really got the cash to just fly. Yeah, I, I think he's. Wants. I think he's okay. I'm not worried yeah. about Mike uh, flying coach. Um, Okay, so uh, off to a roaring start with baseball. Um, We're going to talk Dodgers after the break. Another walk-off from them. The first time in Major League history that two rookie teammates go a walk-off on consecutive nights. Alex Verdugo going yard to end it last night in L.A. We're also going to talk Mets. Pete Alonso having a record-breaking season right now for the New York Mets. So uh, we don't get to talk too much Mets positively, but we're going to do that after the break. It's Mike and George on the Weekend Fantasy Update. Join us right here on FFTS1. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Bringing the foo on a Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us on this June 23rd. It feels like summer, finally, right, George? It felt like summer outside yesterday. We had a nice little Memorial Day weekend, but then it poured rain for weeks. For those of you not in the New York area, I'm sure you've heard us or other people complaining. It rained the entire spring. The entire spring. So we had no spring. We had rain that caused... Frankly, my backyard to explode. I had to spend hours yesterday just cutting down branches and everything because there was so much because they've grown so much. And now we finally are getting uh, legitimate summer weekend and nice weather. Yeah, funny you should mention that I may be doing that exact same thing today. Uh, after the weekend wages with Cam and after I watch the Yankee game later on this afternoon, maybe doing the same thing, cutting down branches and trimming some stuff because uh, a lot of rain, a lot of moisture. It's good for the. Uh, Good for the plants, good for the grass and everything else, but uh, it's been a weird, uh, weird spring, a lot of rain. Thankfully, I wasn't here for a couple of weeks of it. Went down to Florida, yeah. so I enjoyed uh, some fun in the sun there. But yeah, you're right, yeah. it's warming up, and we're seeing it in baseball, right? The, the, the home runs continue, continue to fly out of the ballpark. Reading a Newsday today that now, uh, you know, Manfred's saying uh, the reason is the, the drag. There's no drag in the ball anymore because they're getting better. Uh, when they make the ball, ball the ball's made by hand. People don't realize that. it's not made by a machine. People also, also don't realize that Major League Baseball bought Rawlings. They own Rawlings. So they actually make their own balls, uh, all ba- more, all their own baseballs. But uh, according to Manfred now, they're getting better at centering what they call the pill. That's that rubber core in the middle of the ball. I guess back then it was it could have been off, uh, you know, whatever a millimeter fractions, and it would be more because the ball would it would bounce around a little bit. The ball wouldn't uh, maintain its shape, and that would cause drag, keeping the ball from flying. You know, they think because they're getting better at centering it, that maybe that's the reason. You know, uh, maybe maybe it is, maybe it is. I think it's a combination of a whole bunch of things, but uh, who knows? Yeah, well, we'll see what baseball does about this. But uh, mentioned it yesterday, they'll. They're on pace for more than a thousand home runs to be hit this year over last year. The Yankees set the record for most home runs in a season last year. I think it was 267. Four teams are on pace to hit more than that this year. I mean, so uh, something's definitely up. I think there was 27 players were hit with 30 or more home runs last year. It's over once again as of right now. That pace is over 60. So it's doubling it. So uh, ball's definitely flying. And as That's you just said, amazing. It's just someone hasn't even hit. Yet. That's that. 60 guys will hit 30 homers. The 1,000 is almost an inconceivable stat when you start putting it player by player to realize that double the amount of guys will hit 30 homers. That's pretty crazy. It is. And like I said, the weather's just starting to warm up now in the Northeast. We're not theoretically the balls be flying out of the ballpark. You and I are texting during the uh, the game last night, the Yankee-Houston game, and I, I mentioned it. There were four home runs hit last night. All of them were Yankee Stadium specials. I mean, yeah. every single one of them. I don't think uh, well, Jarshell has got out by a, a row, maybe two. Uh, Romines was the same thing. Reddick was the same thing. And so was Alvarez. 
I mean, granted, Alvarez is more towards right center. It wasn't really the porch, but still, it got out by a row or two. They were all into right field, Yankee Stadium specials there. And uh, it made me think, I don't know if any of them get out, if not for the warmer weather last night. Because warmer weather does add about three to four feet to those fly balls. Maybe they're all uh, out or off the wall. So, uh, but it shows you, warmer weather, ball's going to travel further. You're going to see more, more home runs hit. Pitch is going to get a little tired. You know, I think you see more home runs hit, not less. We'll talk specific players that hit homers right after this. So get in the game at DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Life is more fun. We have skin in the game. So test your skills at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK to claim your risk-free bet, risk-free $500 bet. That's a $500 risk-free bet at DraftKings Sportsbook. When you go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK, claim your risk-free bet today risk free that is not easy to say multiple times in a row so all right uh, specific players that hit homers um well the yankees hit a home run for the 25th game in a row that ties the franchise record which i believe they set last year so they're looking to beat it today against houston they've now won their eighth in a row houston has dropped their seventh in a row we'll get to that box score in a minute because we spent a lot of time on the yankees yesterday but as I mentioned before the break, Alex Verdugo walks it off last night uh, for L.A. He's currently hitting 303, seven homers on the year. Um, and it's just sort of the same thing. It seems to be a such a common thread throughout Dodgers history, and especially, again, recently, where it's just a, another young player can step up for them and start producing. Oh, you're absolutely correct. The Dodgers historically, they you know they bring up young players. I think this shows a couple of things. Uh, they obviously they develop players very well, and B they're not afraid to play them. You know they they let these guys play. They trust trust their system that these guys are ready to play, ready to contribute, and we're seeing it. You know Verdugo, uh, there's been a lot of ballyhoo about him. We knew he was going to be a good player, so this is not a shock. But he's playing very well. A couple of uh, bombs yesterday, including the game winner there. Good for him. He's somebody if he has to be available on your waiver wire, you claim him. Uh, he's not. Going to be great yet because there is some playing time issues there. As far as the Dodgers are concerned, they've always seemed to have that in their outfield. Uh, trying to get Muncie in the lineup, uh, Verdugo, a couple other guys. Uh, so they switch it around somewhat. But he's still, he's someone who could be at the very worst an outfield of four for your fantasy team. Most In most leagues, we start five. So he should be in your lineup. And once again, if you're strong in the outfield, hey, you can keep waiting for somebody else. Maybe you have a strong outfield, but Mike Blue, it doesn't. I don't want Mike to get him. I'll claim him anyway. Yeah. Screw Mike. Of course. Yeah, I agree. Four for six. Uh, three runs scored, the two homers, like George said, including a walk-off. Uh, Beatty, who walked it off the night before, he goes three for five with two more RBIs. <laughs> These guys are just unbelievable. Uh, Justin Turner has a hit yesterday in an RBI. Uh, Max Muncie, one for four in the run scored. Bellinger, one for five with a run scored. Uh, struck out a couple times. But uh, let's see. Ryu pitched yesterday. He goes six innings. Pretty strong. Uh, he gives up the one earned run. A walk and five strikeouts, so it doesn't factor in the decision, but Ryu keeps rolling along here, George. Looks great. He looks great. He's probably your uh, favorite for the thing, uh, Cy Young in the National League right now. I imagine, yeah. Yeah, I, that's, once again, the problem with Ryu is this, all right? He was great last year, too. How how much longer can he last? Generally, right. injury has been a bugaboo for Ryu. That was literally what I was going to ask you, yeah. All right. Uh, I, if your next question is, do you sell high on him? Uh, boy, that's, that, that's, it depends on what you're getting. I wouldn't say he's an automatic sell high, but right. it certainly rings that way to me. You know, but I want to see what, I, I don't think he's a, I, let's put it this way, Mike. I don't think he's a guy where you sell him for the best offer. You know, that's, that's not how I move it. If I can't get an offer I like, then I'm keeping him. But I would put him out there. If I get an offer I do like, that I think is worth it, yes, I'm not afraid to move him. But I'm not moving him for just the best offer. Maybe the best offers suck. You know, you're not getting anything you, you truly like there. But uh, Ryu... Like I said, you just look at his past history. That's all I'm looking at here. You know, injuries generally occur with him. You know, innings pitch can be an issue. He was great last year, too. People don't realize that. You look at his numbers from last year, they were damn good. This is not So this is not completely coming out of nowhere, what he's doing here. He had a 1.97 ERA this year, 1.01 whip. This year it's 1.27, 0.84. I think those numbers go up a little bit. But, you know, last year, once again, it came in only 82 innings. The year before that, 126 innings. You know, the year before that, he was hurt all the year, four ratings. How many innings did he throw this year, Mike? He's only thrown 208 over the past two years combined. 
Right. And he's already at 100 this year. So I don't know how, how, uh, how deep into the season he can go and be effective. That's my question. And here's the other thing for you. Dodgers are going to win that division, right? They have a 1,000-game lead. Wouldn't yeah. it make, you and I discussed this yesterday with the Yankees, Red Sox. Wouldn't it make sense for the Dodgers to go, Ryu, I'm pretty sure you got a sore shoulder, buddy. That's Take right. three weeks off. 100%. Load management all the way for Ryu. If he's pitching at with this at this quality, you're going to want him to be around a little bit later. Does is it necess, is that strategy necessarily going to work for Ryu? I don't know, but I certainly would try it. I'm not going to burn him out by August and then he's worthless for the rest of the year. Uh, the, the Dodgers aren't going to have a problem getting to October. They haven't had a problem getting to October in recent years. They've had a problem finishing. So he's a guy that I want to be in there to throw six strong like he did yesterday. I agree with you. I, I, if I'm a Dodgers, you know, that's exactly what I'm doing. I mean, exactly what I'm doing. If I'm Dave Roberts, sooner or later, uh, man, could be late July, August. You know, Ryu, I'm pretty sure you got a sore shoulder, buddy. I, I make that joke because every pitcher has a sore, sore, sore shoulder. Yeah. Every one. I mean, of course, you're throwing, you know, throwing uh, pitching is an unnatural human movement. We're meant to throw underhand, not overhand. So, of course, you have a, sh- a sore shoulder and your shoulder's beat up. It makes all the sense in the world. Same thing with Kershaw, by the way. I expect him to end up with an IL stint eventually. Uh, I know he's to start the season a little late, so he won't throw as many innings if he pitch the rest of the year. But if you're a Dodgers, you don't need him to pitch the rest of the year. You need him to be healthy for September and October. You already said it. All right, the Dodgers aren't worried about getting to the playoffs. It's winning and winning it all, really. They're like the Yankees right about now. And they have to win it all to have a successful season. Anything else, no one cares. Definitely. Definitely. It doesn't, yeah. At this point, the Dodgers are World Series champs or bust. It can really be the only goal at this point after, after getting uh, deep into the playoffs a couple of times uh, recently. So, uh, a couple of notes on Colorado. I've talked about him before. We probably talked about him more last year and the year before than we have this year, but I just am a huge fan of Charlie Blackman, and I remember he was struggling in April, and I look at his average now, and he's up to 332. You made the note about Ian Desmond. He goes four for four yesterday with an RBI, and he's now hitting 281. Where where did that come from? <laughs> oh, God. I You know, I heard it uh, before yesterday. I knew he was batting uh Batting higher. Everybody wants to strangle him, right? And people are still yeah. complaining about him, actually, because he's not stealing any bases. And I think when people drafted him, they were hoping for 2020. You know, 20 bombs, 20 stolen bases. And the 20 stolen bases certainly doesn't look like it's going to happen. But the 281 average, he's, it seems like the, to me, this guy a week ago was batting 181. Right? right. And all of a sudden, boom, now uh, he's good again. Uh, th- he did something similar last year. Started off really slow and then took off in the second half there. When I say take off, I'm not talking Mike Trout take off. But I'm talking about where he's a solid outfielder three. He's a guy you're certainly starting whenever they play at home in Coors Field. He had a monster week last week along with Blackman, along with David Dahl. They all lit it up last week. So uh, he looks like he's finally hit his stride. And that's good because the Rockies are another team that have about five players for four spots. So someone has to sit every day. And when Desert wasn't hitting, that player was him a lot. You know, I, I got to tell you, Mike, last week uh, in that in that elite with Colorado, uh, seven, I think it was seven games at home. Might have been six games at home, whatever it was. It was a homestand. I benched Desmond in my league. I didn't start him. Oh. And uh, I was very happy on Monday. And the reason I didn't start him, by the way, because on Monday they had announced he wasn't in the lineup. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, I, so I took him out. I had to get a pinch run, a hit home run there. I knew when that when that happened, I got, I'm gonna get screwed out of this. Sure enough, I did. It's a points league. I won my uh, my week anyway, but uh, still, I wasn't happy about that. But I let you know how I felt about Desmond. The fact that he was going to be the guy that was sitting on the first day, because the way I looked at it, well, he's sitting on Monday. Well, there's a good chance he's going to sit on Saturday or another day during the week. Now I got a four right. or four or five day game week out of him. I had other good outfielders, so I plugged them in. Didn't work out for me, but that was my logic at the time. But uh, I won't make that mistake again. To, to give you a sense of where it's come from, from Desmond, his last 30 games, he's 36 for 100 with five homers and 20 RBIs. His last 15 is really where he's made hay, though. Four of those homers came in the last 15 games with 18 RBIs. So it's really the last two weeks where he's been on fire, 23 for 53, and increased even a little bit more in the last week or so. So his he's trending um on fire. You mentioned David Dahl. He's up to 320 as well. Uh, last guy I'd mention on the Rockies is somebody that you and I talked about before the show. Wade Davis has pitched really terribly for almost the entire year. He's still the closer for now. I know you do a lot in terms of tracking closers, tracking bullpens. 
Oberg was in there when Davis was on the shelf for a couple of weeks. Would you expect? Would you expect that Wade Davis, if he keeps pitching like this, loses the job? Yesterday he comes in for an inning, three base runners, and would Oberg be the guy to have in order to pick up the saves if he gets demoted, or will they demote him? Well, Oberg's definitely the guy uh, if if they demote him. That's always the big question if they demote Wade Davis. Now Davis uh, did, you know, he's been hurt this year. Uh, yeah. He's certainly been ineffective. Right? He was out from, what, mid-May to early June, about three weeks he was out there. That's right. uh, over his last outings, I mean, you're looking at, I'm looking at it here. He's given up three, seven, eight runs now over his last five outings. That, that's horrendous. All right? Uh, we're talking here one, two, two and two-thirds, three and a third, four, four one-third innings pitch. He's given up two runs an inning. All right? That, that's bad. All right? That, that can't happen. Especially as you closure. The uh, Rockies have clawed back into this thing. They're not going to get win the National League West. They're still 1,000 games out there. But they're back in the wild card hunt here, which they always seem to be in the second half. That's they're right. going to need more production out of them. 5.14 ERA, 1.86 whip. I mean, those are horrendous numbers. Horrendous the base numbers. base runners are terrible. It's even comes in yesterday. He doesn't give up a run, but three base runners in a high-leverage game. It's a high game when he's in there. He's, he's striking out more than a batter per inning, and he's walking. He's got 15 walks in 21 innings. So he's, he's put a lot of guys out there. Do I think he's going to be replaced? I think they're going to give him every chance to figure it out. You know, he's going to sign that three-year, $52 million contract. So he's making $17.3 million a year. Uh, and he's, he's signed through next season, and they, uh, they have a club option for 21. All right, they probably won't pick that up. Uh, he's 33. Has he hit a wall? He'll be 34 this year. He'll be 34 in September. You know, has he hit a wall? You know, I think if you're the Rockies, you're looking for, okay, why is he pitching well? What's going on? You know, the fastball velocity is the same. as it's always. I mean, it's down a mile from two years ago, but the same as it was last year. Oh, those last years, those weren't, weren't all that great either, by the way. 4.13 whip. Uh, I, think he, I think eventually, I'll, I'll say this. I don't mind anybody claiming Oberg if you have a dead spot on your roster to cover yourself. We all need saves. I know I need saves in every league. All right, I'm, I'm dying for saves. And Hicks getting hurt just really was <laughs> uh, annoying yesterday. I, said, I don't mind you claiming Oberg, but I don't think it's going to happen right away. I don't think it's going to happen this week, unless he wants and he continues to implode. But the patience has to be wearing thin for Colorado. It has to be. You can't keep losing these games because of Wade Davis. I picked up Ronas uh, El- Elias. Elias. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his last name, but the Mariners Seattle. closer. Yeah, uh, so he picked up his ninth save on Friday. I immediately picked him up because I lost somebody due to injury. I can't remember who it was at this point. Uh, So that could be an option. I mean, he was on the waiver wire in my league. That's a 14-teamer. Maybe he just got by a few guys, but that's somebody to think about. If he's out on a waiver wire, uh, I don't know that he'll have tremendous amounts of save opportunities, but to your point, you just need to kind of claw every save that you can get in a lot of these leagues. You do. Uh, as for Seattle, they, they go by a more of a committee approach, and they suck. You know, yeah. So you're not going to get many save opportunities there. But like I said, almost every closer should be claimed because you said it. We all need the claw. We all need every save possible. And Elias will. I mean, between now and the end of the season, it doesn't wouldn't shock you if he gets another 8 to 10 saves. Right. Not at all. You know, so that that's fine. We all need those. Sometimes those eight to ten saves are more important than a uh, you know starting pitcher is going to have a four ERA, but get you more strikeouts and more chance of wins. It comes down to what, what do you need? Do you need the saves or do you need the Ws and the strikeouts? What I'm really prepping for to give you an example of my team, I have Shane Green and I have Wade Davis. I have one guy that's maybe about to lose his job and one guy that's going to be dealt into an opportunity where he's not going to be the closer, possibly. So I'm prepping for that. I know Eliash er, is not going to see as many save opportunities, but, but like you said, I need 8 to 10 that I'm going to lose by having Shane Green get traded or Wade Davis getting demoted. So, who knows if I'll get Oberg the next time around. So, all right, we didn't get to talk about Pete Alonso in that segment, but we will in the next one um, on pace to break the Mets home run record in a season. So, it's Mike and George talking Mets. Right after the break. break on FNT as well. (laughs) 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. on a Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us on FNTSY. And if you're serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start prepping for the 2019 season. The Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package. We'll be going over a little bit of that uh, uh, in the second hour. So that, that includes the best, best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, which we did yesterday, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. So save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com. So, Pete Alonzo, how about it? Having a tremendous season, George. He is currently hitting 274, but uh, what we're going to talk about right now is the home runs. Here are the records that he stands to break right now. He's got 26 home runs. He tied Dallas Strawberry's uh, rookie home run record yesterday. Uh, that is 75 games in. How many? Let me just make sure how many games the Mets have played. They've played 77 games the Mets have. So he's already tied Dallas Strawberry's rookie record of 26 homers. The rookie record for home runs at the All-Star break is Mark McGuire with 33. The NL record for rookie home runs in a season. Do you know who that is? It just happened a couple of years ago. I'm supposed to barely NL. listening. Uh, NL record rookie home runs well, mm, in a season. Bellinger. That's right. 39 in 2017. Uh, McGuire has the all-timer with the 49 in 1987. But um, the only Mets player ever to hit 30 before the break is, we talked about him yesterday, and the bad rap that he used to get, and then he'd be perfect in today's baseball. (laughs) It's amazing how the game has changed. Dave Kingman, 1976. So... And I don't know if he'd be perfect in today's baseball, by the way. I mean, you think about he, the, the kind of hitter. He, his, uh, his style of play, yes, not his attitude. Uh, the things like, he true. did, man, would, would get true. crushed on social media. Like This God. is fair. This is fair. But you also can't take a guy from 1976 and place him into 2019 with the behaviors that he would have. He would have the opportunity, obviously, to grow up in a different generation, taking somebody from that era 40-plus years ago. He sent the reporter a dead rat once. I know. He's it was a psycho. But uh, obviously, I don't think that would happen now because he knows that everybody would learn about it. God, but, I hope not. Uh, anyway. He'd, so, he'd be suspended he, forever. He would be, um, certainly on the shelf for a long time. So now he, Alonzo is hunting down Carlos Beltran and Todd Hundley, uh, the all-time Mets single-season record. They both hit 41, Beltran in 06, and Todd Hundley in 1996. So expect, like, I, I just curious, because we, talked, we heard about Dominic Smith the last couple of years, and that really didn't work out. Alonzo came in with... Some expectations, but I would imagine he's blowing all of those away. Well, we knew the power would be there, but no one saw this happening. I mean, this is nuts, right? All the home yeah. runs he's hitting there, and uh, he, he's fun. He's uh, he's energetic. He's Luke, he's the Luke Voigt of the Mets, same kind of guy. Very energetic. True. Uh, you know, they I think they bring uh, clubhouse uh, fun to the to the game. Uh, I love the fact that uh, you know he wants to play. 
uh, home run hit cut. Yeah, sign me up. Let's go. You know, I, I like that kind of attitude. I think it's very infectious to a team and to uh, for the game. I think it's good for the game. The knock on Alonzo was always his fielding. That pretty much he was a uh, a DH going to play first base. He was a goaltender. You know, we could knock the ball down. His fielding has actually been better than we thought. You know, it has it hasn't been horrendous. I'm not, it's it's not Keith Hernandez, but it's not something that's a detriment either. Uh, at least not when you take him in a vacuum. What is a detriment to the Mets is that everybody is below average. That's the problem. Uh, you can take it as one is you know, Alonzo, no big deal. When you combine it with everybody else playing out of position, that's the issue for the Mets is that they're all below average defensively. Uh, fair. And I, I, I'm with you on the attitude. In fact, the home run he hit yesterday wasn't even a particularly bad pitch by Quintana, and he sort of golfed it in, into right center as a right-handed hitter. So pretty impressive. Um so, yeah, we'll see. It is fun for him to uh, be signing up for the home run derby and getting after it. I, I think the Mets do have a couple of – look, <laughs> we're both Yankees fans, and we're in New York. So the Mets are just for sort of forever a punching bag. When they're down, it's just part of what the media does here and what the fan bases do here to just keep beating up on them. Um so I, I think that's part of it. But we're looking at some bright spots here with young players in, in McNeil and Alonso that are performing well. And we'll get to Zach Wheeler in a sec, too. But we'll take the hitters first. Yeah, I think when it comes to the, uh, the Mets, you mentioned they're uh, a punching bag. I, I've never understood why Yankee and Mets fans hate each other so much. And I, I don't get that at all. I'm with you uh, on this. Right. It's, you play each other four, four games a year. That's when you should hate each other. Other than that, I'm going to root for the Mets. Uh, obviously, being in the fantasy industry or gambling for that matter, we tell you're rooting for the Mets anyway because you have players on their team. You know, I know I've got Degrom. Got to root for the Mets. You know, uh, I had Cano for a while before uh, he made me puke, and I got rid of him. But without rooting for him, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. I don't understand why. I don't care if the Mets win. The Mets beat the Marlins. What the hell is that have to do with me? I don't. I don't give a crap. It doesn't affect me as a Yankee fan. So I, I never understood that. No, I really never said that at all. But I think when we make fun of the Mets, I, it's not the players you're making fun of. It's the ownership. Of course, you know, the ownership that you know. That's where the jokes come in. They only care about making money. They make mistake, get the mistake, get the mistake, and they'll blame everybody but themselves. Let's fire the pitching coach. Yeah, because he was the one who was making all the problems. Sure, it was Island's fault. Yeah, you're, you're fine now. You know that's where the jokes come in. And the 82-year-old pitching strategist, Trey Wingo. Oh, don't get me started. Other... <laughs> Hang on. Trey Wingo sent out a tweet the other day that the new pitching strategist, who's 82 years old, played under manager Jimmy Dykes. Jimmy Dykes was born in the 1800s. 1896, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's – I couldn't believe it when I – you hired an 82-year-old. Oh, my God. Uh, well, at least there's no age discrimination going on there, right? Uh, there you go. Right. Well, yeah, that's the upside. Bright, bright point. Um, I don't really know what he's expected to do, but we'll see if he can have a, a positive impact. So how about Zach Wheeler? I was uh, our buddy, our old buddy, Mike Florio was tweeting about it. Uh, I think he wrote an article as to whether or not you should uh, be a buyer or seller for Zach Wheeler in this fantasy season. He, he moves to six and five on the season. Another really good outing yesterday. Seven strong. Only gives up uh, one walk and five hits. Well, if you have an answer to that question, please contact the Mets because they'd like to know too. Because they, they're asking the same question. Do they uh-huh. you know, sign him? Do they uh, trade him? Or do they just sit? You know, do they sit with him all season long? Are the Mets buyers or sellers? The Mets are asking themselves the same exact question. You know, and that's going to be a tough question for the Mets to answer here. Because if you're a buyer, if you're a seller, you've know, you got six weeks, five weeks now uh, to really get, uh, get these players on the market, get what you can for them. If you're not going to sign Zach Wheeler, this is where teams have to have this uh, – Come to Jesus moment with yourself. Are you a true contender? All right. If the answer is no, you do this little flow chart thing. Then it comes down to, are you going to sign Zach Wheeler after the season? So true contender, no. Sign Zach Wheeler, no. Then guess what? You got to move him. And you have, to, you have to be honest with yourself. You can't be like the Washington Nationals did last year. You're oh, yeah, we're going to make, uh, we'll make it all Harper an offer. But you made an offer that he was never going to accept. All right, there was, yeah, it was $300 million, but it was all deferred money. He'd be an idiot to accept that. So the Mets need to be honest with themselves. If you're not going to make Wheeler a strong offer, then you've got to trade him for the assets you can get for him now. Now, granted, 
before yesterday, he wasn't pitching that well. And even yesterday, by the way, it ended up being a good game. But those first two innings, the Cubs just couldn't get the big hit. I mean, the first two bats got out on the first inning. They had two runners on the second inning. Jeff McNeil error also contributed to that. And McNeil, uh, Wheeler pitched out of it to his credit. To his credit, he pitched out of it. But before that, he was horrendous. He was bad against the Yankees. Had another bad start as well. well that I don't remember against the team. But uh, the Mets have to answer that question. If you're not, you know, if you're not a contender this year, you know, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna give him a legitimate offer, you know, in free agency, then you gotta trade because he does have value, especially if he can figure it out over the next month and pitch well. I think part of it, uh, Wheeler's problem has been that he, it's on his mind as well. That maybe uh, you know, free agency, making big money. Uh, where where am I going to be next year? Where am I moving to? That sort of thing. I think it's all weighing in on uh, this kid as well. You know, I think that could be an issue. I know Yankee fans. Uh, I've heard some of them want uh, uh, them to trade for Wheeler. Never going to happen, folks. Okay, the yeah. Mets will not trade with the Yankees. It just will not happen. They couldn't work Certainly out Lucas not. Duda a couple of years ago. Yeah. They're not going to work That's out right. Zach Wheeler. Yeah, that especially a, a guy like that that would conceivably end up contributing to them winning a World Series. They just wouldn't <laughs> exactly never going to happen. Position right, it would be a nice addition to the Yankees staff, and they're not going to give them a nice addition. They'd maybe maybe next year. Player. Yeah, um, and I, I think to your point too about Wheeler emotionally as somebody that has been through major injury issues, this is the time for him. He doesn't. He's like, got a cash he, be He's got to cash in now because it's the only deal he might ever get. And maybe it's not crazy. It's not going to be Pat Corbin money uh, or anything like that, but it's enough to set him up forever. He's making a nice living now, obviously, but he could set himself up forever uh, by pitching well through the rest of this season. The Mets are uh, a minus 19 run differential. They're three games below 500, three and a half out of the second wild card. To me... You obviously have to wait a few weeks, a couple weeks, but I don't think it's happening. That's just it's honest, funny if I'm if I'm honest about the Mets. It's funny though, Mike. Shouldn't this team be better than what they yes. are? I mean, Degrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Mats, uh, Vargas, who's been a godsend, right? He, I mean, he's been the, their most consistent pitcher. Oh my God, I can't believe I just had to say that. But uh, they should be better. Alonso having a uh, an MVP type season. Uh, you know, Rosario has been okay. Conforto's back hitting. I know they have issues in the bullpen. You know, and I know that the Cano trade is horrendous. All right, that that that's a trade that's going to haunt this team forever, forever. Uh, that Kalanick trade and Dunn's having a good season as well. Uh, but they should be better than what they are. Syndergaard, who had a good bullpen yesterday, looks like he's well on his way. Uh, he can pitch against the Yankees when they come back from London. If things match up well, he might be back on Wednesday. Uh, so they should be better. And I'm sure the Wilpons are going to look at this. Because they're all about saving face, right? They're all about PR. That's why they won't trade with the Yankees. They won't take the chance that Wheeler turns out to be great. But this is where I think they'll make the mistake. I think all they care about is dollar signs. In other words, making the playoffs. Yeah, that'd be good PR, good money for them. That's all they care about. They're not going to look long term. Where yeah, you might make the playoffs, might be that game wild card, and then you're done. It doesn't make sense. You should be thinking more long term, especially if you know, if you know damn well you're going to, you know, make a low budget offer to Wheeler because you and I just said, and I, I think it's 100 percent true. He's had injuries. He needs to cash in uh, this year. He needs to cash in. He's not going to give the Mets any kind of hometown discount. He's going with whoever pays him the most. Yeah, I think, I think that's where he's Absolutely going. And then they'll be over. I think he's making over 100. I don't think he's going to make Corbin money, as you said, which is 140. But I think he's going to make between 80 and 120. And 100 million that's sounds about good. right. It's pretty damn good. Right? Damn, damn good money there. And he's going to cash in with somebody. If the Mets aren't going to do it, and I don't think they will, then it's got to be somebody else. He's There's nothing go. about their history to suggest that they will be the winning bidder. No, I'd be shocked. You know, right. So but wait a couple more weeks. You know, if they go on a tear and they're over 500 and they're in the wild card, then, you know, I guess. Maybe then you may have to have that team... come to Jesus moment where you are going for it. Yes. And then to your point, maybe this team that we wonder why they're not better, maybe they become better here in the next few weeks. It it seems unlikely, but if I'm the Mets, I wait until, you know, right around the break, see where you're at and then make a decision. But if they're still sort of kicking around, like I said on yesterday's show, the Pirates are four and a half games out of the wild card. They are the third worst team in the National League. The only two teams in the National League which are totally dead in the water are Miami and San Francisco. San Francisco's six and a half games out, but I think we all know that that, that's a done deal. You know, in in the American League, 
most of the teams are out of it. Seattle, we mentioned earlier, Detroit, Toronto, Kansas City, Baltimore. Those teams uh, are all nine and a half games or more currently out of the wild card race. It's over. You, know, you look at teams like the White Sox, who have a young core, they can just kind of go for it, period. They're not going to be sellers. The Angels are, are a unique situation. They're four games out, and that's probably a team where people are going to be, you know, do we get a piece from the Angels? What are the Angels going to do? They have some older players on the roster like Pujols. Um, the National League is a little funkier. It's a little bit more muddied. You know, we're talking run differential. I saw a stat this morning and I'm re- looking at it again right now, the Dodgers are plus 130 in run differential. The Cubs are second in the National League with plus 57. The Dodgers are just playing so great. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, no, if I'm a Dodger fan, I might worry a little bit that uh, yeah, you peak too soon, peak all that too, sort of thing. too early. Yeah. Right, because you're not going to have anything to play for in August or September, except numbers. That's all, the only thing you're playing for. So, uh, yeah. yeah, listen, I know it's... Uh, Obviously, most teams would love to be in this situation, but it's uh, something I do worry about here. Listen, Manfred brought this up yesterday when you know about trying to point out that 22 uh, of the 30 teams in baseball were within five games of a playoff spot. You know, and uh, that's true. I think now it's 23, by the way, after yesterday's games, and it's true. But most of these teams we know are going away. You know, it is June. Uh, they're, they're going away. Uh, they're not very good teams. They'll be trading players out, and they'll get worse, not better. So uh, one other guy you, you made me think of as you were talking about the Wheeler approach, because you mentioned Harper. Doesn't Washington just have to make the decision on Rendon now that we're going to yes. put a massive offer in front of him or trade him now? They do. And not the I, phony I, offer that they put in front of Bryce. But if you wouldn't offer Bryce, are you going to offer Rendon? I don't. I mean, yeah, I, it's curious. The problem with Washington is they have so much money tied up in that pitching staff. And you I don't know, know what Strasburg's going to do, right? Is he, is he coming back? Is he, uh, is he going? You, you know, you're signing Corbin. Scherzer's making $30 million a year. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of money tied up in that pitching staff. And the bullpen needs a hell of a lot of help, right? No, that's an, and yesterday was another game the bullpen just choked away. You know, this, is why, this is why the National aren't going to make the playoffs because of that bullpen. Uh, Rendon just feels like I, a heart and soul guy for them and, and to let him go. I, I think they'll let him know go. What happens. I, I, yeah. I just don't think they're going to make a big offer or a big enough offer to keep him. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, that's a good baseball discussion. We might pick something back up in the third hour. We're going to talk uh, football next. We'll talk a little bit about uh, fantasy football strategies and the AFC North and NFC East today. So come back on FNTSY talking fantasy football. It's Mike and George. We'll be right back.